This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Football Friday podcast. This is the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. Week seven in the league, a couple of headlines. First, of course, the McCaffrey trade to the Niners. Perfect, perfect fit for the Niners, who needed to replace a versatile running back. Now they get a star at running back. Him operating behind that offensive line, especially if it's going to start to get healthy, and it looks like it is. He operating on that team, on that level, with what they like to do with their running game, he is going to thrive, thrive in San Francisco. It is a perfect deal for them. A 2, 3, and 4 this year, a 5 next year will be cheap for this player. This is a terrific, terrific fit. The one thing, he's got to stay healthy, and that has been an issue for him. But if he does, this will turn out to be a, a, an absolute steal. And I'm never forgetting somebody else's running backs. I don't like running backs that have tread off the tire. But this is a rare case. This is a very versatile, very talented player who has not been utilized in that awful Panther offense the last two years. And I think really just didn't even want to operate in that offense anymore. And clearly... Now he's gone. All kinds of trade rumors everywhere. Where's Beckham going to wind up? You're here in Kansas City, Minnesota. Even some talk about the Giants. The Giants desperately need a wide receiver if they can find one at a decent price. Uh, you have unhappy ones on the Jets, including Elijah Moore, who wants out. Uh, I, the Jets and Giants aren't going to make a trade. I'd be very surprised if they do. But the Giants need to go get a wide receiver. They really do. I know the Galilee thinks it's a thorn in their side because of the money. But they desperately need a target. If they're going to take this forward this year, they desperately need someone who can move the chains at worst or at least take the top off the defense sometimes. They need a guy who can do that. They don't have that on this team. It's an interesting week because the buy teams are the big teams. Eagles buy. Bills buy. Vikings buy. That's a 6-0, and a 5-1, and a 5-1. And, and the Rams, who are 500 are the fourth buy this week. So you have all those big teams with big records out of the uh, schedule this week. So you have a couple of odd games, but with, with twists. Teams that might not have big records, but have big names. Namely, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Pats, who will all be in prime time this week. Last night, hey, Dalton was able to produce six touchdowns. Unfortunately, two of them were for the other team in the last two minutes of the first half, and Arizona goes on to a victory over the Saints. Dalton threw for four touchdown passes. They passed for 400 yards, but he threw two pick sixes in the final two minutes of the first half. That was enough to get the cards over the top, and the cards beat the the, uh, Saints, who are 
you know, struggling mightily with this season, struggling mighty, mightily with the quarterback position, and fall to two and five. Cardinals are three and four. They're an unhappy ship, the Cardinals, in every way. Quarterbacks unhappy, coaches unhappy, everyone's unhappy, but they are three and four in a division where nobody's off to a fair start. All right, let's look at the games of week number seven. We start with the Jets, who are in Denver. Good matchup for the Jets. Denver has always been a very tough place for anybody to play. But this Denver team is out of sync offensively, badly coached, and very vulnerable. Vulnerable to the Jets' very aggressive defense. Vulnerable to what the Jets are doing now with the spread-the-wealth offense that they have. Uh, I can see the Jets going into a tough place as a slight underdog and winning again because the Jets are much more together and right now a better team. Then Denver is. Denver's offense is just awful right now. It cannot find itself in any way. Gordon's not playing because he fumbles all the time. Had a meeting with the coach this week. Hackett has been, and his staff have just been overmatched so far. So it's a game where the Jets have a good chance to win. The Giants go to Jacksonville. Not an easy game, but the Giants need to continue doing what they're doing. Hang around to the fourth quarter and find a way to win the game, which is what they do and have done all year. Jags are learning. They're good defensively in the front seven. Lawrence can make plays. Etienne is explosive as hell, except Lawrence is not protecting the football, which young quarterbacks don't. And Etienne fumbles and drops the ball all over the place. If that stops, if they stop doing that, they could have won any game they played this year. They're two and four. Uh, they're dangerous. Dangerous. And uh, they will keep... Uh, the Giants on the run this week, and this will be a close game, but the Giants have thrived in these close games and have a good chance to get to three and one, uh, to get to six and one, which is uh, kind of remarkable when you, when you think about it. Falcons have done a really good job. They've done a great job for people who wager because they're six and zero against the point spread this year, but they're three and three overall as they go into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals have a lot of guys nicked up, but they continue behind their very talented quarterback to do what they have to do to win games. They're about ready to take off. Uh, you would think they'd move to four and three here. The Lions are in Dallas where they should get Dak at quarterback. He's been back practicing this week. The bloom came off the rose for Cooper Rush last week, obviously with the Eagles. Uh, the Lions coming off a bye are still incredibly banged up. They have at least six major injuries. They'll get some people back this week, but their defense is civ-like. It should give Dallas a chance to really crank their offense up with Dak. And the Dallas defense is going to continue to put pressure on. Uh, This is a good spot for the Cowboys. The Colts and Titans. Again, the Colts are 3-2-1. They have not played well. Uh, Last week, they did get a good performance from Matty Ice. The Titans are 3-2. They still find a way in these games, even though they've had a lot of issues this year. These two teams are very hard to predict this year, except one thing is that the Titans continue to still win games. Uh, So you favor them a little here. Uh, Taylor's also still hampered uh, for the Colts. Packers at 3-3 and and really in disarray. Rodgers is hurting. Uh, The wide receivers aren't on the same page. Washington has to start Henneke, a quarterback, because of the injury to to Wentz. Uh, They've been miserable this year. Still, you can't see the Packers blowing out anybody right now the way they're playing. They need to get this offensive going. They need to get this offensive line going, and they haven't been able to do it. Bucks at 3-3, three and three, 
lot going on there. Not playing well, but they do get the one and five Panthers, who right now are as bad as it gets. Uh, PJ Walker starts again for them. Bucks have a bunch of injuries, but they'll find a way. And uh, you expect the Bucks to get on the same page and get on a roll soon. And uh, that'll probably happen as they start to get a little healthier on the offensive line and at, at receiver spots. The Browns have been very disappointing. And last week, ran into the Pats who shut down Chubb, first one to shut down Chubb all year. The Ravens at 3-3, three and three, I mean, to say they have to be kicking themselves is the understatement of the year. If you've watched the Ravens, they could be 6-0. and all. They have given games away. They gave away the Buffalo game. They gave away. They hand-wrapped hand and put a ribbon on the Giant game last week. They made mistake after mistake after mistake in the fourth quarter and blew a, uh, you know, a 10-point lead. Before that, they blew a 17-point lead to the Bills. Um, we know they're going to move the football. Browns will run the football, but the Ravens are the better team. Texans won 3-1 and one against the 1-4 and four Raiders. The Raiders are about as good a 1-4 and four team as you could ever be. They're a 1-4 team that has found ways to lose games in the worst ways. Another team that could easily at 1-4 be winning this year. And they have talent. They have talent. They have Devontae Adams, who as long as he's not throwing, you know, uh, technicians on the ground, on the sideline, uh, is a brilliant player. They should be able to get Waller back. They have Jacobs running up a storm. They have a good quarterback. They have talent. Um, They should explode, and they should easily win here this week. Chiefs and Niners, interesting game. How much McCaffrey will go this week is hard to say. He just got there. Chiefs lost a tough one last week to the Bills. They are going to get better as the season goes on because they're going to get much healthier on defense. Talk of them adding Beckham, I'm surprised, but hey, they're not. I, they can't be overly happy because they haven't gotten that much out of the veteran wide receivers they signed. Scantling, rather Scantling, shoots that haven't been great. They can't find the end zone. Um, but they are still one of the two best teams in the league, and I would think they'll find a way to beat the Niners this week. I think the Niners are going to get better and better, though, and I think the Niners will go to the playoffs this year. Sunday night, Steelers at 2-4. and four. Pickett has to clear concussion protocol. Dolphins, 3-3. Three and three. We're off to the fast start. The two are injury. Two is back this week. No ifs, ands, buts. He admits now he was out cold. He should have admitted that earlier, that he was out cold when he got hit. Now he has admitted that, but he's back at quarterback. We'll see if they can regain some of this on Sunday night against the Steelers' defense. Can they regain a little bit of their magic that they have lost in recent weeks? Because they were really flying, you know, three weeks into the season. And then the Monday night, it's got name value, even though it doesn't have record value. The Bears and the Pats. And the Pats the last two weeks have outscored their two opponents 67-15. to 15. They blanked the Lions, and then they killed the Browns, and they have gotten excellent performances out of Zappi. You might see both quarterbacks play Jones and Zappi. 
Number two, Stevenson has become a force at running back. And it looks like he's going to get stronger and stronger as he goes forward here. Uh, this, and the Pat defense is getting better and better by the week. The Pats are visibly improving in front of your eyes. You can see the improvement. You can see Belichick's handiwork. And people are very much wondering if they haven't found. They have a guy who looks like he's a solid everyday quarterback in Jones. Do they have something special in Zappi? That's what everybody's wondering now. They're wondering if this guy might be just not good enough to start, but maybe something else. You know, he's been counted out on, young, on, on, on lower levels and then flourished dramatically. He's got that kind of history, and it looks like he has, you know, a little bit more than people would have thought. Now, we need to see more from him. But the question is, who's going to play there? Are both going to play there? When Belichick was asked, he gave a Belichickian answer. You know, they're both right-handed. So, you know, typical Belichick. All right. I mean, so that's what you would expect. But what he's doing is he's got Stevenson running really hard. He's got the defense starting to pick it up week by week. They shut Chubb out. No one had stopped Chubb. No one had kept Chubb under. No one had kept him out of the end zone. No one had kept him under 100 yards this year. And they shut him down. Down and out. They weren't even giving them the ball anymore. And that came. Typical New England defense. And they will give the Bears and their very remedial offense, is a polite way to put it, fits on Monday night. So as we said, it's an odd week. You got a lot of trade rumors circulating through the league. You've already started off the week with the McCaffrey deal, a blockbuster. And you have the 6-0 Eagles, the 5-1 Bills, the 5-1 Vikings, and the 3-3 Rams all off the schedule this week. So it leaves you with a couple of interesting games, but no blockbusters. No blockbusters like you had last week. Even though the Dallas game with the early start by the Eagles didn't live up to the blockbuster. And, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills never reached sizzle status because the offenses just were off. They moved the ball, but then they would bog down both of them wood in the red zone, and the game just was off a little bit. It didn't have the sizzle that I'm sure the rematch will have, and I think they will see each other again in the postseason in the AFC title game. I think they are destined to meet again this year. Their paths, I think, are just on a course to collide uh, with the winner representing the AFC this year. I think it's, we're headed for that. They are clearly the two best teams right now in the league. I don't want to take anything away from the Eagles. And we all have had the habit of saying to the, let's see the Eagles continue this. Well, they are continuing it. 
and they all win in comfortably almost every week. And we'll see where that takes them in the weeks to come. But right now, they have hit the bye week undefeated. And usually winning most of these games by open lengths. So it's a week seven that, like I said, has some interesting games, nothing crazy. But we're still starting to figure out as we separate these teams. And on the positive side of the ledger, we have a couple of people we haven't seen in a whole long time, namely the Giants and the Jets. Five and one, four and two. Looking at games this week, they can definitely win. Both on the road, both slight on the dogs, but games they can definitely win. And if they do, their records are starting to get up in the rarefied air of being put into the contender status where you start to label those at week 10, who's a contender and who isn't. And it looks like when that happens, both those teams will be on the sunny side of the street. Unless something strange happens. We'll have baseball tomorrow, Sunday, hopefully Monday, if the Yankees don't get swept, and I don't think they will. You would think they'll win game three. We'll have a podcast for you after each of the Yankee games on Saturday and Sunday, and again on Monday, and like I said, I expect to see them uh, play on Monday. I just really didn't like some of the excuse-making from the Yankees. I mean, they made so much out of the ball that went out for the Astros, even though it went out easily, and the judge ball. And then give judge credit because judge, when he was interviewed, said, hey, I played out there all evening. I knew where the wind was, what the wind was doing. And he said, I knew the ball wasn't going out off the bat. And the ball never came close to going out. It was an out the whole way. Look at the way Tucker played it. One of the things last night, evidently there was a little bit of a pregame dispute. Major League Baseball wanted to open the roof, and they did. The Astros didn't want the roof open. And let's be honest, it was a bad call because they brought the wind into last night. There was no reason to bring that wind into that game, and they brought the wind into that game by opening the roof. Why the heck they had to have the roof open when it's been open once this year makes no sense. But that's typical Major League Baseball. They can screw up a one-car funeral if you give them a chance. And for some reason, they wanted the roof open last night. They somehow felt that was being, you know, equitable to the Yankees. You know what? I mean, the Yankees would have been ecstatic if the roof was closed last night. And I don't think you'll see the roof open again in that series. Or any time they play this year, I'd, I'd be very surprised if you see the roof open again. Because that win created an obstacle in the game that they didn't need to have. And it was whipping. You saw the umpire's pants. It was whipping. And you saw how the fielders had to play fly balls. And they created that by opening the roof up. And the Astros didn't even want the roof open. It's not their say in the postseason. So why MLB needed the roof open? Who the heck knows? We wouldn't have known the difference. What we would have known is it would have been the same game that we've seen all year from the Astros who never have the roof open. 
We'll be back with your emails right after this. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Emails at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Let's see what's on your mind today. Uh, Mark emails, at what point did the Broncos seven ties with Hackett? It's clear it's not working. He just got there. I don't want to, first of all, I used to give his father a hard time. So I'm not bringing his old man into this. Number two, I believe they firmly got Hackett because they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Hackett had a very close relationship with Rodgers in Green Bay. Rodgers actually liked him. He doesn't like many people. He liked Hackett. So they hire Hackett, and then they wind up getting Wilson, and Hackett's been an awful head coach. But if they turn around and get rid of him already, I give up because you can't change – you cannot change head coaches like you change your shirts. It's not a good look. Jack emails, Jets are winning, but there is some concerning things popping up. Uh, Elijah Moore getting upset. Zach Wilson playing conservatively and looking shaky at times. What's your assessment of the team? Hey, my assessment of the team is they are improving by leaps and bounds. The two things I said when the season started, I said the same theme to you. I said, I don't know what they're going to get from the quarterback position. I don't know what they're going to get from the head coach. They have improved the roster dramatically on both sides of the ball. Look at their rookie class. Right now, they are on their way to having the best offensive and the best defensive rookies in the league with Hall and Gardner. Gardner, I told you from the draft, was the best player in the draft. I watched Cincinnati play every game last year. Gardner was the best player in college last year. He was a can't-miss player. I said he should have been drafted at the top of the draft. I know guys like him don't get drafted first, but he could have been drafted first. That's how good he was. Hall's really good. He's very versatile. He's very talented. He's going to be a big star. They have done a wonderful job in improving their talent. Now, if their quarterback plays well and their coaching staff does its job, they are moving quickly. Listen, do they have a couple of unhappy wide receivers who thought that they would get some more time? Yes. You can't please all of them. They have plenty of talent there, and they can definitely trade one. John of Pennsylvania. If the Jets and Giants played each other this Sunday, who would be the favorite? I'm going to really tick you off. That ball, their ballpark, which they both share, doesn't matter which one's the home team. I think the games pick them. I'm really serious. I think the games pick them. I think right now the Giants have better coaching and the Jets have better personnel. Richard says, what's your assessment of Murray through this point of his career? I like classic quarterbacks. I want a quarterback who can beat you from the pocket in regular terms. That's the quarterback I want. If he can have some escapability, 
and use his legs, all the better. But I want him to be first a guy who can beat you from the pocket. So I don't like quarterbacks who are different, and he's different. Hi from Queens. Given the amount of uh, tight, low-scoring games at this point of the season, do you think that this can be attributed to a lack of preseason games uh, and the fact that starters don't play? A little bit, yes, but I think at certain times we just go through little periods where either the offense or the defense gets a little ahead of the other side. And right now this season, and I think it will even out, the uh, defenses have gotten a little ahead where the way in which they are taking the big play away and attacking the quarterback is affecting offense. The offense will adjust. But that's what's going on right now. Teams are taking the big play out of the game for the most part, making teams do everything underneath. Now, there are exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, that's what's going on. And teams are getting better and better at attacking the quarterback from different angles. Brian emails, Mike, I believe the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys will all make the postseason, uh, a year in which nobody looked at the NFC East twice. The Eagles and Cowboys, I think, will make the playoffs. I am starting to think the Giants will do the same. I'm not there yet because the way they are winning has really taken a lot of fourth quarter surprises. But they're doing it on a weekly basis. So it starts to become real. It starts to become something that they can do. It starts to become something they can believe in. And they've trailed a lot of games in the fourth quarter and come back and won them. They've overcome 13-0 deficits to the Tennessee, 10-point deficits to the Ravens, and come back and won these games. Griffin emails, does Daniel Jones play in the Giants winning games change your minds about bringing him back long-term? No. It does not. I want a quarterback, as I just said, who can beat you from the pocket with his arm and his head. And Daniel Jones has not proven he can do that. He is a runner first, and I am not signing a runner first to a long-term contract. Paul emails, one issue Jones has had was turning the ball over, and he's done a better job of that this year. Yeah, it's because he's been so infinitely better coached. Uh, And I think the record has a lot to do with that. Is he just maturing or better coaching? Better coaching. The Giants are a classic example of what outstanding coaching can do in the NFL. They have transformed a bad team into a winning team with superb coaching. And I don't just mean Dable. I mean Martindale, too. Martindale has been every bit as important to this team as Dable has. But Dable's the boss. The Giants' coaching has been A+. In terms of everything. Organization, communication, decision-making, adjustments, you name it, 
They've done it. And Martindale has used his attack style, and nobody attacks more, to overcome the Giants' weaknesses on defense. And it has worked wonders. Even the last couple of weeks, the pressure he put on Rodgers, knocking down passes on third and fourth down in the red zone, the pressure he put on Jackson, forcing the mistakes last week, has worked and worked and worked. And they don't have a loss in the secondary. Last week they got their first interception of the season. Savvy asks, has your opinion changed at all about Salah with a few wins? Does he seem more capable? I'm looking for maturity and stability out of Salah. I didn't like Salah's act since he came to New York. I thought he was smoke and mirrors and no substance. I'm seeing more, but really what I'm seeing is a much better level of player. The Giants, the Jets brought in playmakers. They've brought in players the last couple of years who have, who can play. Gardner can play. Hall can play. Go down the list. They've brought in players on both sides of the ball that can play. But I am seeing more stability from Salah. So, I'm moving in the better direction. I'm not there yet. Doug, have you seen enough from Kurt Cummins and the Vikings to think they're a real contender or just a pretender? Pretender. I don't trust the Vikings. I don't trust Cousins. But let me say this. I don't know. I didn't know a lot about this this coach. Everybody in the league I talk to likes this coach. Everybody says really good things about him. If he's the real deal, and I'm saying if, because I'm watching him perform for the first time. That's a big step. They were snake bit on the Zimmer. Zimmer's a solid defensive guy. But he never could get the he never could get the harnesses off the offense at the right times. This guy has done that. Now, it's early. The division has sank for them, which is, is Green Bay's got problems. Okay, the Lions did not have a resurgence. The Bears are struggling. So they could have a cakewalk in their division. They're going to go to the playoffs. But will they turn around and play well in a big spot in the postseason? They're a team that you think is a paper tiger. You think they're going to fold up and blow away the first minute that something bad happens. That's what I get from the Vikings. They have to overcome that. They got to prove that's not true. Cousins has to prove that's not true. We know Cousins can have glowing games. Sometimes he can have glowing halves and then nasty halves. He's a little snake bit. Can he be someone who makes the big play? See, the difference is when quarterbacks in the fourth quarter, in a big game, in a postseason game, are down a score in the fourth quarter. Can they come back and make the score? Can they come back and make the play? I'll give you a perfect example. Eli Manning, when he was in the postseason, always made the play he had to make to win the game. That's why he has two rings. That's why he has two Super Bowl MVPs. Because he was always there when the game was on the line. He didn't put up huge numbers in those games. He put up big fourth quarters in those games. He made every play needed to make to win the game. 
That's what you need from your quarterback if you're going to advance. You don't have to put up five touchdown passes. You need to be able to put your team in the end zone when the game is on the line. You need to make the throw on third and long from your shadow of your own goalpost. That's when you have to make the play that is needed. That's what it's about in the postseason. On the Vikings, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But they're going to definitely make the playoffs, and it looks like they're going to win that division because I think the Packers' problems are much more deep-seated than people thought. Enjoy your week seven, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.